Welcome, everybody, to the Your Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, we, uh, it's a good day when you and I get to give Harrison a hard time. Viva la revolution! <laughs> I can't believe Harrison sat on that information about Lonzo Ball for as long as he did. Technically, it's, he never released it. I mean, but, well, we were able to rally together mm-hmm. and, you know, make make some cracks in the establishment and, yeah. uh, and, and get that info out there. Not necessarily directly from him, but, you yeah. know, we, we made fin- it happen. He finally told Shams Karania, hey, go ahead. You can, you can fire off your tweet. Yeah. It's crazy how much power Harrison has over the, uh, the media market and everything. People, he's uh he's Kaiser Soze, man. Like you know, in the Usual Suspects, where yeah. at the end he's limping off. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm just, I'm just poor little Harrison with my bad back, and I can't drink alcohol. Yep. And then like when he walks away, he's like making just, the mob boss calls, you know? Yeah. Or I was thinking also the uh, the scream scene where oh, yes. uh-huh. he he's like walking away. He starts with a limp, and then by the end of it, he's like walking away all smooth and stuff. Yeah. Same thing. Same. Yeah. Thing. There you go. Harrison is 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 highest of keys, a a puppet master in the NBA media market. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show, though, we're going to talk about Lonzo Ball. We got we finally got the update. We were supposed to record. Not really, man. We said they said we'll, we'll up you, update you in a week. That's what right, the update right. was. We, we got <laughs> the the MRI. <laughs> the update was that they're reevaluating the MR, the MRI machine itself. Like they're, oh, yeah. they're they're trying to see. All right, uh, this thing missed a bone bruise last time, so we got to see if we can get a better MRI machine in there. No, that's not actually what's going on there. Before I get a libel suit against me, uh, but yeah, the technical update that we have on Lonzo Ball is that there is no real update. That we're going to find out a week from now what the update to the update will be. So, but it was just we were supposed to record like three hours ago. Like they couldn't have said that earlier. Yeah, that's true, right? What was the what was the big wait? I actually, I, so I was watching Veep. Uh-huh. Have you watched Have you watched the show Veep before? On, no, on I'm, I'm familiar with it, but I, yeah. So the, the premise of it is like the ineptitude that goes on behind the scenes politically at the very highest of offices, right? Okay. Um, and and I was thinking to myself, like one of the things that they always do is, you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus, her character will have some screw up, or one of the people who work for her will have some massive screw up. And they'll just like hope that something bigger will screw up so that like they can sneak it in news-wise, you know? Sure. And and I was thinking to myself, like I was watching V today and I was like, you know, the Lakers might actually trying to hope to 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 sneak this in like mid-TNT slate. Like they were hoping, you know, everybody would be looking over here and then bang, update to the update is that there isn't an update. We'll talk to you guys later. And then get right <laughs> back to your get right back to your your typical basketball watching activities. Uh, I would love a show, a Veep show on the Lakers' offices. Oh, oh man, yeah, <laughs> it'd be so yeah. good. It'd be so good. But anywho, so we're going to break down what this quote-unquote update means. Uh, they're going to reevaluate Lonzo Ball in a week. We're going to look at the upcoming schedule that the Lakers have over the next week. We're going to look at the buyout market to see what options the Lakers might have because I really do think they need. They need either a defender or a shooter from the point guard spot. Rajon Rondo is neither of those things. Uh, so we're going to look at that buyout market. Fair warning, it's pretty thin. 
Uh, you had a larger point to make about the team depth overall that mm-hmm. I think is a really good point that, that we're going to get to. And then I want your thoughts also at some point in, in, in the mix of all of these things, uh, what we thought of the starters last night and whether or not that's something that the team should, should consider sticking with. So a ton to get to. We'll just we'll just we have a few minutes here before the 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 first segment is up and we have to pay a couple bills. The Lonzo update itself. This is something that we probably always should have seen coming, right? Grade three ankle sprain, ten to ten to twelve week recovery time is usually how that how that goes. And yet, once again, they did that thing where they overpromised and underperformed, right? Where Usually in 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 life in general, you want to underpromise and overperform. Yeah, I mean, they gave the four to six week timeline, and if a guy comes back in seven weeks, which Lonzo won't, but if you give a four to six week timeline and guy comes back in seven, everyone's pissed off, right? Mm-hmm. If you give an eight to twelve week timeline and he comes back in seven, you're like, all right, you know, we got right. him a little back a little bit early. It's the same thing, and. There are and Lonzo looks like the hero who shows up a week early, right? And that he really played through it, right? He, yeah, he fought through it and, right. and all that. Um, the there are so many things about this organization, just like how they do things, that annoy me. That I'm I'm not going to use this as one to go off on a rant on, mm-hmm. even though it might make a better show for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to save some of them for for the summer and depending on the how things go i have yeah. always said i'm gonna wait till the end of the summer to really you know evaluate how things are done this is something though that it seems so self-inflicted and it seems like you already have a pissed off fan base right due to other stuff right like why not throw the and and we're not doctors we wouldn't know any better right right if you say grade three sprained ankle eight to 12 weeks all of us as we do go on google how long does it take to heal a grade that matches up with whatever that that sounds about right all right cool but then when when us dummies do that and it says eight to 12 and they say four to six and like we saw this coming from a mile away like you said man it's just like i just don't understand the benefit of it but i'm it's not going to make lonzo come back any sooner and had they given the correct timeline it's just I just don't understand why why they do that. My thing is, so I come from a public relations background, and my boss actually it, at the time came from specifically the NBA public relations background. He actually did uh, PR. He was the head of PR for the Portland Trailblazers right before the Jailblazer period of of their uh, history, that franchise's history, and he also did PR for the Dream Team, the the the, the first Dream Team. And he like he just he he understands these things. And one of the things he always told me, and and when we would sell our services to clients, um, and and go about you know teaching them how to handle information, the golden rule is: if you don't tell your story, somebody else is going to do it for you, right? right. And and all this ambiguity, all these you know thin veils and and puffs of smoke and mirrors and stuff like that that the Lakers try. To, to get information by everybody with like all that does is now you allow speculation on what else is going on there. Right. So for example, one thing that, that I'm sure a lot of fans are wondering right now is how does the Lakers medical staff, which is brand new, by the way, how does this medical staff stand up against others around the league? Right. If you just, if all the Lakers did was offer up standard 
uh, recovery times that that abided what you and I, like you said, us dummies can Google. Nobody wonders that. Nobody yeah. nobody questions what's going on there, right? Everybody just says, "Well, you know," and and it makes you think. Like I was I was in the Silver Screen and Roll Slack with with all of our other colleagues there, and and I I put the thing out there, and I said, you know, it really feels like. Uh, it feels like the Lakers are always among the league leaders in games missed. And then, you know, immediately got shouted down. Like, actually, no, they're, they're league average. They, it just feels like they miss a lot more games because one, it's key players who have gotten hurt this year. And two, because you spend the back end of all these recovery times wondering about when this player is going to come back, right? All that ambiguity makes you think about it more. So, yeah. And, and, and like, that's just, that's just from, from, this is PR 101, man. I wasn't a genius in PR. I was, I was, I'm, I was no spin master. I will never appear on, on any of these channels, giving lessons to companies on how to, on how to do these things. But this is basic stuff, man. And again, it just gets back to, like you said, it's self-inflicted. All you have to do is, is give decent expectations. That's it. That's all. Yeah, no. And I don't. With the medical stuff, I don't know if, enough about it to yeah. critique. No. Like I, I said this to someone the other day, like when it's basketball stuff, I can tell when you're BSing me and how you're BSing mm-hmm. me in a lot of occasions, not always, but on most stuff, it'd be like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Um, and the depth to which I can do that with sprained ankles is not. But what's troublesome to me is that like I would have bet my life savings that Lonzo would not have been back in four to six weeks on this. Yeah. And even as a, as an uneducated dummy that doesn't know anything about right. the medical stuff, it's just how, how they go about doing it in terms of where the medical staff ranks and, and all that. My, my one concern is that how off, how much time the young guys miss in mm-hmm. particular. Um, but you know, Lonzo, turn his ankle pretty badly it's you know a lot of people want to blame the shoes or him being injury prone and you know that was an issue issue that steph curry had early on in his career mm-hmm. we forget about it now but um they like, had to the way- teach him how to walk <laughs> right right and, and the way that like lonzo turned his ankle like that can happen to anybody that's the most common basketball injury that mm-hmm. that happens i get that it's just the the managing of it especially in context with everything else it's like what are you guys doing like stop stop harming yourselves unnecessarily right uh i think the simple solution here is to start up those petitions that we did with harrison every time the lakers have to offer up some information just I get, think that's it. I mean, it was it obviously worked. It, what, worked. it took an hour or two <laughs> from the time that we did that. So I think we may have found the skeleton key. So in the future, we'll be sure to hit Harrison up um, with that and put the pressure on him. I, I completely agree. All right, we're going to take a quick second here. And when we come back, we're going to look at the schedule, the buyout market, the basketball aspect of these things, uh, because that's where we become less dumb. Not that I'm not dumb, but I'm less dumb when I talk about those things. So we'll get to that here in a second. So uh, I, you were you were sitting there watching me go through the buyout market, <laughs> and my 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 frow got became like further and further furrowed, right? Like my, my brow was just like it was just oh my god, that's I just I on my screen right now I have a name that I have never heard in my life, Haywood Highsmith. Yeah, no, I I'm pretty sure you made that up. That doesn't that sound like you know a Game of Thrones character? I am Lord Hayworth of House Highsmith. <laughs> yes. You bastards of the Vale. 
But no, <laughs> but, but, that, but that's, you know, the, the buyout market, and, and this is where I kind of want to start here. We can get to, we can break down the schedule and, and what the actual next week is going to look like before we get the update to the update. But the buyout market, because there are so many teams that appear to have a chance at making the playoffs and convince themselves that they have a chance at making the playoffs, the buyout market is not great. It is really thin, and it doesn't look like it's going to open up. No, not at all. The guy who stands out to me the most and, you know, with your Haywood Highsmiths and whatnot, I'm not going to pretend like I know every dude that's available. (laughs) Um, Tim Frazier got cut by the Pelicans yesterday, and he, I just think, is a solid guy. He can't score worth the crap, but I don't think that that's something that this team necessarily needs. He's a really good passer, got a great assist to turnover ratio, can like, like with these type of guys – you need guys that you could put out there and just be like, just don't do dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, give us 10 minutes, 12 minutes a game uh, and and don't do dumb stuff. And I think he's a good example of that. Like he's an OK defender, but like you're not going to be getting any lockdown guys unless they've got huge holes in their game otherwise. But he's a very low usage, good passer okay defender like he to me fits the bill of a guy that like you could put out there and just don't do dumb stuff and we don't have to speculate whether or not he's going to be bought out or not he's already available Mm -hmm. he is shooting on the season 35 percent from three-point range Mm -hmm. and now it's only at one and a half attempts a game he didn't he never really got very many minutes hence him eventually getting bought out Mm -hmm. uh but again it's just like you said you need a player who isn't going to go out there and do dumb stuff um, to me, it's 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 you have to be either be able to defend or you have to be able to shoot, right? Right. Yeah. And and right now, you know, Lonzo. So the 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 description I used of last night's game that was a quote unquote good Lonzo game, right? Where he mm-hmm. has sixteen assists to two turnovers. Good Rondo game, you mean? Yeah. What I say, <laughs> Lonzo. Oh, shit. Freudian slip, man. I miss, right? I miss Lonzo so damn much. I miss much. him too, man. He makes Gosh. the watchability of this team a lot better. Yeah, uh, but that was a good Rondo game. 16 assists to two turnovers. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but you don't an- an- anticipate he will. He was a willing shooter, which I found interesting. Uh, he was willing to, to put the shots up, and I think if he is going to work alongside those guys that he's playing with in the starting lineup, he has to shoot those shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a matter of he's never shown an ability over the course of his career to actually make those shots. Right. But he has to be a willing shooter. He was it, He was still a disaster on defense. He's never mm-hmm. going to be good on, de, uh, on defense. Uh, but that was about as much as you can hope for from, from Rondo. Right. And that's why I wasn't like that's why I was like, all right, hey, I'll take that. Right. Because I that's like my level of expectation is go out there and be able to do that. And mm-hmm. I know that he's gonna but like you said, like even him being able to do that and playing up to expectations, you still that made it not run you're fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he was still the team was still seven points better when he was on the bench. Now, two things. One, I didn't even notice this while in my recap. I, I I thought it was a typo at first. He played 37 minutes. Yeah, that's way too much, buddy. Like part of that has to do with KCP not being able to stay on the court, and he hasn't looked very good. He's been moping, uh, and Josh Hart is also hurt. So like on some of those lineups where you would have Ingram running point, and and it would limit some of Rondo's minutes or LeBron essentially running LeBron point LeBron. That would limit some of Rondo's minutes, but there there is no situation here where Rondo Rondo should be playing more than twenty five minutes in a game. 
Yeah, even with their current, you know, with Lonzo being out and all of that, I I don't know if he can, and I know he has not made a three-pointer in 2019, or at least it feels that way, but I feel like I trust Josh Hart yeah. on the court more than most of the other guys, even though I know he's not going to shoot well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's low volume enough to where, like, his His poor shooting to isn't going to hurt as much. Yeah, it doesn't, like... Rondo, especially this the style of point guard play that Rondo plays, Rondo's got his his hands on a lot of possessions. That's mm-hmm. not a good thing or bad thing inherently. You know, Le- LeBron has his fingerprints all over a lot of possessions, and that's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, but like Hart can be solid while getting out of the way, and Rondo doesn't have that type of game. That's just not stylistically the type of guy that he is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would like to see him get a few more minutes. Um, it's tough, man, though, when KCP is playing the way he is. I'd be playing Reggie Bullock like 40 minutes right now, 38 to 40 minutes. Yeah, I'm not even exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even exaggerating. That, that needs to be uh, every night type of thing for him because the the team has just got so shallow in terms of their depth right now after the trade deadline with Zubats being traded that you know that they're hemorrhaging at two different positions right now yeah. at the center spot and the point guard spot the wings and everybody in between is playing really really well man and we're like barely beating the pelicans with anthony mm-hmm. davis playing 20 minutes yeah that was it was a win it was a win, and, and you take all the wins that you can get at this stage of, of the yes. season. But it was it was one of those things where there are such glaring concerns there that, you know, it's like we said. Look, Luke has, has been given with KCP moping the way that he is, with JaVale moping the way that he has since pneumonia. I, we should rename it Pneumopia. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That was not, that was not good. <laughs> yeah, that was a courtesy chuckle. <laughs> Uh, but since the since pneumonia, uh, Javale has been moping on and off, and and his he's had stretches where he's looked okay, but for the most part, he's been a disaster. Uh, Mike Muscala has has been hurt. Tyson Chandler looks like a waterlogged corpse. Uh, you just go all the way through the Lakers roster, and and there is not very much for for Luke to work with. That said, the answer is never going to be thirty seven minutes of Rajon Rondo. That's never going to be your answer. Yeah, no, I think that's. That's totally fair to, you know, he, he just doesn't bring up, especially defensively with them going small, though, the way that they are. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to to go small when your lead guard can't switch. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like for all of the reasons you stated and plenty more, I, I totally agree. Uh, we're going to take another quick second here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the depth that you brought up in, in passing there. And and the guys who have been playing well, they're at. Pretty important positions, um, but but you know, at some point the Lakers need to figure out a way to get something from from the point guard spot and something from the center spot. So when we come back, we're going to look at that and the schedule, and we'll send everybody on their merry way as the Lakers prepare to play the Milwaukee Bucks Friday night. You mentioned it in passing that the two, three, and four spot the Lakers are getting good production from. Reggie Bullock has, really, has been really good at the two. Uh, Brandon Ingram. You know, last night in last night's game, the two guys who led the way in terms of net rating, and it's single game net rating, so, you know, whatever, small sample size theater. But Reggie Bullock 
and Brandon Ingram matched each other with uh, plus 17.4 net ratings on the game. Yeah, Reggie Bullock is... Bro, Reggie Bullock has been like leading that when we when he's on the court, the Lakers are, I think, are 17 or 18 points better than when mm-hmm. he's off. Like that's massive. That's number one on the team. And obviously just a few, handful of games. But it kind of speaks to the what if the roster is constructed a little differently with <laughs> yeah. guys like him. Right. Right. And there was no need to reinvent the wheel on how you play alongside LeBron James and what works alongside LeBron James. I thought it was intriguing and I'm always open to ideas for like, Hey, let's try to do this in a different way. Maybe it pushes the sport forward because that's usually how the sport does get pushed forward is Mm -hmm. somebody does something a little unconventional. It really works well. And then everybody starts copying it. I I wanted to give the benefit of the doubt that you're going to have all of these playmakers and be able to make it work. It has not worked. And I hope that this off season, depending on whether they get the second max guy, or even if they have to fill the team out with, you know, vet minimum guys or, or uh, room exception type of guys that they don't try to reinvent the wheel again. They try to surround LeBron with those type of players. Yeah. But in terms of the point guard position and the center spot being as bad as it's been, we, we talked about the point guard spot, but the Zubats trade, it's funny aside from LeBron, I'm not sure they could have harmed the team as a whole more than by trading Zubat. And that's not to say Zoo was the second best player on the team. Not even close. No, it's just the guys who were behind him. Exactly. There are other guys who, like if anybody else with the exception of LeBron, got hurt or wasn't able to play, that can replace them to a reasonable facsimile. Mm -hmm. But when JaVale's been as bad as he is, and you know, you've got the pneumonia, you also like he was playing minutes at the beginning of the season that he hasn't played in nearly a decade. And I kind of wonder if they just burned him out along Mm -hmm. with the pneumonia and all and he's just gassed out himself, right? Tyson Chandler's, you know, he's in a similar position of just like he just doesn't have it. And and so they're playing four on five right now. They went small against the front court of friggin' Julius Randle and Anthony Davis. And like, and we're getting roasted on the boards, man. That's one thing with, we've given a lot of praise and rightfully so to Ingram and and Kuzma. They had, I think five and six boards last night. Mm Probably Kuzma more than Ingram because uh, Ingram's been doing a good job, but we need more from both of them on the boards. Yeah, because if JaVale's going to be as bad as he has been, he was fine in last night's game. But um, if he's going to continue playing poorly and they're going to continue going small, those numbers need to be in the seven eight type of range rather than the five six type of range in order for it to work, or else they're going to get re- out rebounded by double digits every game. But yeah, man, just like that, that Zubats trade, like we're hemorrhaging at two different positions and everyone in between is playing so well. And we're still barely able to beat teams. The, the center spot. So to me, what basically remember way back in the beginning of the year, and we were talking about the, the concept of combinations that, The early part of the season, you're going to learn rules that are going to be applicable for the rest of the season from that point on, right? That like if Ingram is on the court, then you need at least like KCP and Kuzma out there also to help give him the space to operate, right? If if like Lonzo was on the court, 
you know, just general rules that, that we could date back to. I, I, I started making this point before I really even thought about what it was. But we, I think we're learning another rule right now with how the roster is currently constructed that if Rondo is going to be on the court, you need to have a rim protector. Preferably, yeah. preferably one who can space the floor to allow for, you know, to, to make up for the lack of shooting that Rondo presents. So if you're going to roll with that, then Luke has to start trusting Mike Muscala, you know, and it's tough because he hasn't been good. You know, it's a tough one, but, but it's, it, these are just general rules and principles that it, it looks like are fairly easy to apply. Um, and if the Lakers don't, you know, make another, they have this open roster spot, um, if they don't wind up making, he, I, I would like to see Alex Caruso get more time. I don't understand why he's on the roster if he can't get up there right now. But sure, yeah. but the uh, but the like I don't think like is is Tim Frazier going to be you know measurably better than Alex Caruso? Uh, I don't I don't know enough to say, but yeah, probably I mean, not. <laughs> yeah, he, he, I, I do think he's better than Caruso, and he's been, you know, playing in the NBA for the last mm-hmm. few years. He's a vet, knows what he's doing, doesn't do dumb stuff. Part of what I dislike about Caruso, and this is in part from catching a few G League games this year, he takes a lot of risks and chances. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to my like, don't, don't do dumb. dumb stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like Tim Frazier's got like a three and a half or four to one assist to turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good passer, gets a lot of of assists, but he rarely turns the ball over. Don't do dumb stuff. Yeah. And so I'd prefer him to Caruso in that respect. But uh, I mean, at this point of the roster, you're it's, it's not that big of a differential. Yeah. So, but, but, you know, with these, with these rules that we're kind of sort of learning, I think, you know, if you are going to use Rondo the way that Luke Walton seems like he's willing to use or he wants to use Rondo in order to get Rondo going, then you have to you have to pair him in, in lineups that make sense. Rondo, Lance, doesn't make sense. Rondo and – you know what I've noticed about Tyson Chandler that really speaks to how washed he is? is he's too – he's like a boxer who can't put his hands up. You know, yeah. he's yeah. exhausted. He's so tired that his hands yeah. can't come up. So he gets hit in the head by a lot of these passes. He, he fumbles a lot of these passes because he's so tired five minutes into playing that he can't he physically cannot lift his hands up to catch. Um, yeah. No, that's what that's just where he's at right now. And, yeah. and like we should have never been having to defend on him in the first place. No, no, I, I agree. So, you know, if if you're going to run it, so long as Lonzo was out and you're going to try to use Rondo the way that Luke wants to use Rondo, you have to. You have to find these principles and then stick with them. And, and you know, this experimentation with Lance, who I think is also going to miss some time, right, with a sprained toe. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, I guess the Lakers won't be experimenting any further with Rondo and Lance on the court at the same time. Uh, but but they, they need to start finding these rules and they need to start sticking with them. That's, that's I guess, all I want to see over the next 20-ish, 21 games that they have left over. Um. Before speaking of the number of games that they have here, before we get out of here, I want to look at the upcoming schedule, as I've been promising all show. The Lakers open up. So right now we're recording this on Thursday night, uh, and if we're to follow with the week of of time that before Rondo gets reevaluated, Lonzo gets reevaluated, uh, they play Milwaukee, they play Phoenix on the second night of a back to back. Monday they play against the Clippers. And then Wednesday they play the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um, 
those are so the Clippers game is absolutely must win for very right. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Milwaukee game, you know, that Kuzma said today and spoke to their ability to kind of rise to the occasion. Milwaukee, to me, is playing some of the best basketball in the league. So the two games that you absolutely have to win are the Phoenix and Clippers games. So that if you lose to Milwaukee and Denver, who are two of arguably the, the NBA's three best teams, then you, you're able to kind of tread water there. Uh, do you think they're capable of being able to do that? I do. Um, the It'll be interesting. The, their matchups with the Clippers have been – interesting in both games and you remember that one they they won in um in overtime on the first game that lebron came back mm-hmm. uh these are so phoenix like you got to be phoenix if you're not able to, to be phoenix i know it's on the road second night of a back-to-back that's a team that's like practically deliberately losing games i think they're getting um, ready to fire their coach again yeah yeah i saw that too no they're just a mess from from the top down uh I I agree with Kuzma in that the Lakers do have a habit of stepping up. I, I just think that with a team like Milwaukee, now Giannis was a little burned out at the end of the game against Sacramento, and I'm hoping this is one of those games where we're like, oh, we're going to give you the night off against mm-hmm. the Lakers. You know, uh, that that would be nice. I'm you know not holding my breath, but that would be that would be nice. Um, but the Lakers are so poor in their interior defense right now, especially if they go small. Like LeBron's not doing nothing about Giannis driving to the rim in a, <laughs> when LeBron's at the five in a drop coverage. And that's Giannis no, might shoot twenty for twenty, <laughs> right? And it's no and they've got you know Bledsoe's good at attacking the basket. They're really good, man, and they're, they're really well coached. And so, I, like, I have no expectations. If they win that game, that would be amazing. But and it would make up for one of the New Orleans and Memphis losses that they had of games they should have won, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I don't think we told the listeners right after the Lakers beat Houston. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> right after the Lakers beat Houston, we recorded that night, and it's funny because I didn't feel confident enough in this uh, <laughs> to actually say it on air, which should have told me that I shouldn't have said it at all. But we bet a beer. I was like, I'm gonna tell you something, Anthony. All for hubris and right, Lakers just won. Like the Lakers will not have another dumb loss for the rest of the year. They they'll lose games, right? But games mm-hmm. they're supposed to lose: Milwaukee, Denver, but not one of those like, what the hell are you doing losing to Phoenix? Or you know, we've lost to Atlanta and mm-hmm. all these teams. And the next friggin' game they lose <laughs> to the New Orleans Hornets, and it's not or New Orleans Pelicans. It's not even close. Anyway. Yeah, I, I there was there's definitely a text between us where I I kind of poked. <laughs> Poked fun and at rightfully so. That, the next game that like, that lasted been, a game. I've been watching this team for fifty <laughs> games, and I'm fifty-five games. I'm too dumb to be like, no, nah, they're going to do that again. Hey, I'll, I'll take the beer though. Um, yeah. Do you think they? Do you think they stick with the starting lineup that they rolled out there? Do you think they should? Do you think they will? Those are two different questions because they are. Yeah, man, I'm. I'm virtually at a loss at this point because JaVale's been so bad. Like, I felt like they had to do something different, mm-hmm. you know? And that, to me, with Hart especially being as hampered as he's been, that was the logical thing to do, was to to make that move. Um, if you were going to go in a different direction, 
I might put KCP in the lineup rather than Rondo mm-hmm. and, you know, have two shooters out there alongside LeBron, who's playing point guard, essentially Kuzma and Ingram. Right. So it's basically the same small lineup, but with KCP instead of Rondo. Uh, but if you get a better version of Rondo than we got in because he was you, you laid out all the reasons why he was not terribly effective in the game that they won against the Pelicans. But we saw a much worse version of him the couple games yeah. before. So if you can get something out of him, I'm, I'm fine with it. I think they will stick with it for the time being. Um, and should they like, yeah, I, I'm fine with it. Where are you at on that? i'm 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 at that point with the decision making process so for me you know i'm i'm a slave to process i care very deeply about what goes in not just the decisions themselves but what goes into them right and like the way i put it in last night's show or yesterday's show was if a young guy was moping the way that these veterans were moping, would you do anything? Like, would you go out of your way to start them and get them going in the same way that you have with these veterans? Like, I don't, I don't think Luke would have done that. I don't, I don't think he would have. Like, if Josh Hart just randomly now it says something about the young guys that the Lakers have that I don't think any of the young guys would mope in that fashion. Mm-hmm. But I don't. But I don't. You know, I don't. I wouldn't see any coach. It's not just a Luke problem. I don't see any coach like overcompensating to make sure that the state of mind of a of a 22nd you know overall pick would would be okay and and i don't i'm not really fond of the process going into this that's that's totally fair but put yourself in luke's shoes right now try and strip away all your laker fandom Mm -hmm. and that you're totally right if you were luke right now where would your head be at cancun at the end of the year (laughs) <laughs> I would I, I'm not even kidding man I he he has to know he's getting his walking paper soon sure but so I would I would make my life I would make life on myself as easy as possible well it, if that's the case this could play into it not having a happy Rondo is definitely a different thing than having an unhappy Rondo mm-hmm. all right where my head would be at would be like I'm for me I like I, I'm gonna fight until the end like I'm gonna fight until you you hand me those walking papers mm-hmm. so whatever i gotta do to win at this point a lot of process like the process work of team building even in an individual year rather than across multiple years happens earlier in the season to where like at this point is what the process is supposed to yield the results mm-hmm. at this point i think we're a little late in the season for process that will eventually pay off down the line it's it's bad like there's nothing wrong about your argument at all Mm -hmm. about why rondo shouldn't have that spot but if if i'm luke right now i'm trying to do like yeah if you're gonna pout and not and play like crap like i'm gonna do whatever it it, it takes to get to the playoffs i know that's the only way that i can save my job and even if that's a long shot but i'm gonna try and do whatever i can to win it's not the way i want it to be but it's the way that it needs to be in the short term does that make sense it does so even with that thinking though like even if we're rolling with that kind of thinking which of those three players who are currently moping and we would agree that the three guys who are currently moping are javel mcgee contavious cobble pope and rajon rondo if those three guys are the one are, are the guys who are moping right now, the guy with the highest ceiling, if I get him right, is KCP. So I'd be mm-hmm. focused on getting him right more than I would be Rajon Rondo or even JaVale McGee. 
I agree, but I think that Lonzo being out makes Rondo more va- more valuable than KCP in the short term. Mm-hmm. And with Lonzo probably not being back for at least a couple more weeks, I uh, I think in normal circumstances you're right about KCP, but I actually think it's Rondo right now. I see. I I don't think the Lakers need Rondo. Like even I, now with, with Lonzo out. No, I I just don't. He's so bad defensively that I just don't think unless unless now if if Luke thinks that. You know, by starting him and giving him all these minutes, he's going to get him to focus on defense. Then, okay, we've only had four years of regular season Rondo to prove that wrong. But okay, maybe. But like the Lakers have two primary creators in in LeBron and Ingram. All you need from Rondo is about twelve minutes, where those where those two guys' minutes can't uh, where. You know, one of those guys aren't on the court or something like that, you know, or, or the, where those guys can't carry the offense. If if that's what I'm working with and I'm, I'm trying to optimize the lineup to get as many guys who actually work with the guys who we talked about earlier who are carrying the team right now, the, the two, threes, and fours, then I would I would try to I, – I'd, I'd try to build from the inside out with those two, three, four guys – and and try to find pieces around them that optimize those guys more than I would try to build outside in where I have I know I have those guys and maybe they can carry Rondo and ignite his game. I think what matters to me more is making sure that those central figures in the Lakers success lately those guys are absolutely optimized for for un- until Lonzo gets back and he can help continue that as well. In in that framework what's the difference between Rondo and KCP? KCP can shoot mm-hmm. like that's, you know, that I would say that's the big difference. And, and again, like if we're talking about, if we're talking about focused Rondo and focused KCP, uh, I would still probably say KCP's bigger. He's more switchable and, and might be, might make a little bit more sense in what they want to do with that small ball lineup. So like that's, I, I would still go with KCP there. Do you think, you, you think Rondo makes, like you think Rondo has a higher ceiling there? I, I'm not gonna, you know, go too far out of my way to make the case for Rondo. I do <laughs> There's think there's no that, real great case either way to be right, fair. right, yeah. And KCP, like how he's playing now, especially is right. is indicative of that. Um, I I do think that you need to have at least one point guard type in your mm-hmm. in your rotation. Maybe that's antiquated thinking on my end. Um, no, I agree. And, no, and that's different than playing at 37 minutes for sure. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I'd, I'd probably try KCP alongside Bullock in that starting lineup, but Rondo would have to be—he'd have to be in there. I, I, I think that they just—they have so few guards right now, especially Lance is out, Hart is very limited. You know, Rondo is Rondo and KCP are, and, and Bullock are really the only guards on that are available on the roster that are NBA caliber guys at this point, you know, it's, it's three guys. And even, you know, with all of Rondo's foibles and whatnot, I think the problem with Bullock and KCP is that you can't put the ball in their hands. And I think you need at least a guard that you could put the, you know, the ball in their hands. Now, would I prefer Rondo's playing like 20 minutes at this point and even less when Lonzo comes back? Yeah, definitely. That, that, that's, that's the, that's the change I'd like to see made. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see how this weekend goes. The Lakers have, by the time Pete and I talk again, will have played uh, three games. Busy slate, man. Friday, Saturday, Monday slate. Uh, so they, they, they have three games in the next four days or five days or whatever it is. So a lot can happen. A lot can change over the next 
four-ish days or so. Uh, I'll be here to, to talk to you guys about it on Sunday at the very least, uh, Monday after the game. Uh, get your questions in to iTunes in the form of a five-star review, and I'll answer those in Sunday's mailbag. Fair warning, I'm moving over the weekend. So if for some reason the internet isn't quite set up or, or whatever's going on, there might be some tricky timing here. Uh, but I promise I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get that show out there Sunday night for Monday morning. Just saying, stuff happens. We've all moved before. For now, though, have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And have a great weekend. Nope. Well, yeah. We won't talk to you tomorrow. I fucked this up last week, too. I wow. suck at this. It's not good. <laughs> have a good one.